0: know what that sound means every Wednesday six to seven arrowhead pride radio brought to you by the Kansas lottery I'm Jay Binkley with Pete Sweeney editor-in-chief arrowheadpride.com Chris Ocero of course producing the operation good evening Pete good evening happy Jets week it is Jets week right it is Jets week and we'll get to the Jets Jets uh interesting team that manufactured four rushing yards in the second half last week, which is why I think Adam Gase, and I'm glad he's the coach for this, because this is all going to be Le'Veon Bell. To find interest in this game, it's going to be Le'Veon Bell with the Jets and how bad the Chiefs are going to beat them. Well, one thing I noted. The 40th uh,
1: meeting. Well, one thing I I noted on Arrowhead Pride today is that typically you would have two teams, one that's 6-1 and and one that's 7-0, and Mm -hmm. and that game would be, what, like unwatchable. But there's this major storyline right now. I think that is going to have a lot of eyeballs on this game, not just in New York, New Jersey, and Kansas City. It'll be nationally because people are going to want to see how Le'Veon Bell plays
0: against Adam Gase so shortly after what was their grand fallout. Will he do a touchdown spike with a little bean mug over towards Adam Gase? What will I hope it? so. Yeah, I hope so too. But that that's really the driving force of interest behind this game. Hey, Jets have won four of the last six. This is the 40th meeting. They're 19-19-1 and one against each other. Jets have played the Chiefs relatively well. The I'm not rem- expecting it this week, but... The most remarkable
1: thing about the Jets right now is that Gates still has that job.
0: They want the first pick, Pete. This makes sense. All these teams that fire their coaches, they get a little bump. Look at the Texans. They fire Bill O'Brien. Romeo Cornell gives them a bump. No, you want Trevor Lawrence. It's a once-in-a-generational quarterback. You don't want to screw this up. They've already screwed it up before, Sam Darnold. Anyway, we'll get to the Jets in a minute. Here's Andy Reid when he spoke to the media today about the uh, brief, brief injury report of the Kansas City Chiefs. As far
1: as uh, practice goes, uh, Armani Watts is uh, sick. He won't practice today. Schwartz and Sammy Watkins are getting better, but uh, won't practice today. So um, look forward to the challenge of playing the Jets. Um, Good football team, well coached.
0: Well, the one thing about Armani Watts is you may say, well, Armani Watts is still a member of the Chiefs. Yes, he plays a ton of special teams yeah. for the Chiefs. He even returned a kick this year. He only he had eight defensive snaps against Denver. Okay, he's not utilized very often. He came there in a backup role, uh, but that's not the big news. Schwartz, Watkins didn't practice, but he says they're getting better. Chris Jones, everybody else was full participant in practice, was on the injury report, except for Chris Jones. He was limited participant with that growing still, which to me – I'd give him the Jets game off. I'd just teal it out. Why, why push it? But your feelings on Schwartz and Watkins if they're coming back, and what would you do with Chris Jones?
1: Yeah, I, I just think the Jets are a team where if there's any question, like if it's not 100%, if it's like, okay, Schwartz is recovering, but he's 99%, same thing with Watkins and the hamstring, and, and you're just like, yeah, there's a little sliver up to doubt. Why play? Why play these guys? You don't need them to beat the New York Jets. I mean, I know you don't want to look at it like that or you don't want to take anyone lightly. Those were things that I asked Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid about today, and they're focused on beating the Jets. But that's not a game where you need to rush anyone back. It's not the Pittsburgh Steelers and you're playing for an AFC bye. This is the New York Jets. You can beat them with some of these injuries. And it does remind me of that situation where, like, sometimes you'll see – players held out through the bye week you're just like well if we rest them this game
0: they'll have a good two weeks off their feet that's to me almost like this Jets game it almost feels like a bye yeah, The Jets are kind of a bye week interesting the uh the depth chart came out yesterday in the game notes for the Kansas City Chiefs there's Daniel Kilgore listed as the top center. Austin is now the second one. Now, the way the Chiefs do it is, right. I understand. It's probably it's probably the PR and everything putting the step chart together, but I think there's something to it. Rimmers is slotted in left guard, and we've seen him tackle. So when Swartz comes back, does Rimmers take that guard spot, or is it Nick Allegretti? That's the question. I think Nick Allegretti
1: right now is playing for that starting position. I think the Chiefs were really kind to Austin Ryder, and pointed to his injury and and the the truth of it is that Austin Ryder was benched right so he's he's now not the starter for the remainder of the year so you have Daniel Kilgore there Mitch Schwartz is still the starter at right tackle. Backs are interesting. I know everyone was talking about how Dontari Poe is suddenly available. He was a guy that had back issues and really never was the same. So let's wait and see with Mitch Schwartz. I wouldn't be super surprised considering that Mitch Schwartz missed practice on Wednesday that we don't see him until after the bye. Just just considering you have to be really careful with, with the back injury. But you're right. When he gets back, it's his job. He's one of the better right tackles, if not the best right tackle in the National Football League. That left guard does become an interesting position. I thought that potentially Remmers when he played in that emergency game for Wiley and played pretty well that he might take that job from Wiley Wiley got it back so I really do think that the Chiefs see Mike Remmers as this emergency anything but center player so you pull him back out you keep him fresh and Allegretti right now is playing well so let him play until he proves otherwise.
0: Brings a little bit of that nastiness that they're missing with clutchio Simile. He's that Dirty Tough that Andy Andy Reid likes to talk about. Dirty Dan on the offense, man. Come on, let's go with Dirty Tough. But Rivers is interesting because he plays all the positions. Andy Reid loves that. But Daniel Kilgore, he was going to retire back in Tennessee. Brett Veach called him. Andy Reid called him. I mean, there was an interest just watching film and talking to people and a guy that was not used all the time when he played center, but there's definitely an interest with them. It's interesting what they've done with their centers. Cause Austin Ryder was here. He started all year with the Super Bowl team. He, you know, they got him from Cleveland. He was the starter one game in Cleveland, an ACL and boom, here he is with the Kansas city chiefs. There was
1: something the chiefs didn't like. The offensive line has been playing really well lately. And for what it's worth having, two centers that you feel good about. If one gets hurt mid-game, you know Ryder's right there and can pick up right where he left off, so to speak. So that's not a bad thing either. And Hill Gore can play. He deserves to be in there until, again, the offensive line isn't performing as well. You know who he filled in for was Cam Irving in Cleveland. Well, when he that's a player that I think, center, yeah. you know, having, All right. me and you might have, a, have an opportunity.
0: <laughs> no question. Chiefs hammered the Broncos 43-16. 10th straight win over the Denver Broncos. And they did it. In just a different kind of fashion. They were 0 for 8 on third downs. It wasn't, again, the offense explosion that you wanted to see. But they didn't need it. They got a well-need. They went from 30th in special teams DVOA to 24th because of the nice 102-yard return from Byron Pringle, who I think has earned some playing time, not only at returner, but I think we could see him sprinkled in even more at wide receiver. Byron Pringle is an interesting name. It it seems like... He's
1: one of those players and you see this a lot in football. I mean Bink, you've been covering football forever where a player does so many things he cannot be ignored anymore. I think we're approaching that area with Byron Pringle where he deserves to be playing at least maybe over a guy like DeMarcus Robinson maybe getting opportunities that would have otherwise went to McCall Hardman. not that I don't like McCle. I just think you have all these targets for Byron Pringle.
0: he's hungry. this was his way to he show catches what he the
1: football. Do. And in big spots. It's not even in the small spots. It's it's in big situations, third down situations where you need the catch. And and I think he deserves, especially now that he runs 102 yards for a touchdown. Good things are happening with the ball in
0: his hands. Why not give him the opportunity? And of course, he went to special teams U in Kansas State where he had two kick returns for the Wildcats. We got a 50 yard pick from Dirty Dan. Dirty Dan, every game just does something. He just does. And I love him in the safety rotation. I like what Thornhill's been doing. Definitely like the Badger, he's everywhere. But then there's Dirty Dan in that three safety situation for the Chiefs. He can creep up, he's almost the essential linebacker size now in the NFL because the linebackers went a lot smaller. They used to be, you know, Pepper Johnson type 6'3, 6'4, 250 pounds. But Dirty Dan just seems to be the guy that just shines for this team in various situations. That was a huge pick. In the game against the Broncos. Yeah, I know he was here before Matthew,
1: but he's almost like a little Tyron Matthew Jr. With hybrid ability and, and ability to play different positions for the Chiefs. And he can stick with receivers, but also play in the box and really will bring the thunder down. I mean, you talk about the Denver Broncos game, and, and not that anyone is intentionally knocking players out of the game, but Sorensen hit Lindsey I believe it was in two out of three plays and essentially knocked him out of the game with a concussion. And I, I don't think Dan Sorensen is the type of guy that was aiming for his head or anything. It was just, was hard football and it ended up happening. And Lindsay was sort of the only positive thing going on for the Broncos. So he eliminated that, and, and not to say that if Lindsey stayed in the game, things would have been differently, but I just thought he really just brought the thunder there, and then he has the the pick six, and it's a player that knows he isn't one of the most athletic linebackers or safeties, I should say, in the league, but he puts in the work with the film room. I remember being at Chiefs.com a couple of years back, and Sorensen was there late. I mean, he just was a guy, this was a long time ago now, uh, stays late, really focuses on trying to find that edge uh, from tendencies and things like that. That's why he was able to sniff out that punt in the division game and and come back against the, the Texans. The guys love him and Tyron Matthew loves him because of the work he puts in.
0: Undrafted guy from BYU that made this team because of that work ethic that you're talking about um, as far as Dirty Dan is concerned. And how about the deep ball? We've seen We've seen a potpourri of different defensive coordinators that actually know a little bit about defense. And Gus Bradley with the Chargers. Of course, he was with the Legion of Zoom. And Pete Carroll in Seattle, he's with the Chargers. The Chargers did a nice job of limiting the Chiefs and really putting pressure with Tillery and Ingram and Bosa on that front. We've seen Wink Martindale with the Ravens, who, by the way, have the lowest scoring defense in the NFL. So they continue to do great jobs. He didn't solve the Mahomes mystery. He tried to blitz him. Didn't work. They played against Bill Belichick. Sean McDermott is a defensive mind with the Buffalo Bills. And then we see Vic Fangio. We can say what we want about quarterback, developer, or offense, which I think he's not great at at all. That's an understatement. But he does no defense in those tendencies. So we've seen now some of the best of the best go against Pat Mahomes. But the one common theme is they're really taking that deep ball away from him, right? And it's been an adjustment.
1: And I think the Chiefs are fortunate to be facing these problems where other teams are coming at them, eliminating the deep ball now than maybe you would have liked to see when he was a first-year starter. That's been a theme this week too. Patrick Mahomes simply saying, "I'm taking what's in front of me," and he's fine with that. I mean, I I think we all make a big deal out of, about the numbers, and we would like to see him have similar to numbers to the Russell Wilsons and Aaron Rodgers so he could be back in the MVP race. But I mean, the Chiefs are getting wins, and they're doing enough. Yes, I I think there are issues with the offense, and you'd like to see it be clicking a little bit better. But what I think you have in front of you are the Jets and the Panthers, and and to me that offers you
0: get-right games before you get the bye week, and really the bulk of your schedule, that's going to be a challenge. And Clyde Edwards-Aleire now, the second leading rusher in the NFL. He's number two, only behind Alma Kamara in all-purpose yards right ahead of Derrick Henry, so he's doing his job. But Le'Veon Bell, we saw him you know, get his first work. We saw 17 snaps for him. Uh, we saw two runs of 16-plus uh, yards in that game. Le'Veon Bell is a story, and how much time is he going to take away from from Clyde? He's definitely taking time away from, from Daryl Williams. And you had said this as well, Pete. You're on 7.30 in the morning with uh, Fesco in the morning on mm-hmm. Tuesdays. And this is the splits that you thought it would be. Now the Chiefs have really two talented
1: running backs at that position. You got a short glimpse of Le'Veon Bell, and it really did seem like he had a lot left in the tank. But that was the problem. The Chiefs were just scoring. You don't get the football after you score. It's not like... Uh, basketball on on the playground where you score and you keep the ball. No, you have to give the ball back, and so you didn't really get a chance to see how this thing is going to work. But my inclination based upon some rumblings and and what I think, I I think it'll eventually be worked to a a complete 50-50 split. And you got to look. you got to look where maybe one guy takes this series and the next guy takes another series. Maybe they'll pop out if there's a long run, and if you want to give one of them a breather. But I think you'll see one running back stay in for the entire series. And then you keep the other guy fresh by going to the other back the next series. And you can also keep them in a rhythm that way. They're both very, very good. I also think there'll be certain situations where maybe Bell gets in, like in short yardage or on the goal line. um, And you you remove Clyde from those situations until he gets a little bit better at following his keys. I think it'll eventually be 50-50. And you're going to see more and more Bell as he gets comfortable. Because to me, clearly, there's still a lot there.
0: I'm kind of in the neighborhood you're in with that. Yep. Uh, Trez Paler on the Trez Paler show, I asked him back on Monday, what do you expect the split to be?
2: Oh, yeah. I think I think it could get to 60 40, 65,
1: 35. But, but I also think it's going to depend on situations because, um, you know, there are going to be some situations where Bell is a better fit for what they want to do, whether it's second and long or third and long, you know, unless they're going to run the ball. And I, I thought this was interesting, too. Like, feels like Andy is starting to. Andy and Eric are starting to get Edward D. evolved a little bit in the past game. Like I saw, he was targeted four times um, this week. And, um, you know, it's, it's, they're going to use both those guys in the past game, but, The ability of both to catch is so important because it means they're going to stay multiple and it means defenses won't be able to stay on top of what they're doing.
0: I don't think any of us really know. You said 50-50, Torres is 60-40. I'm kind of 55-45 split. I mean, we're all kind of in the same ballpark. There, but it's all going to be situational. It's 1A, 1B. And I think it could get to a certain situation later in the season where
1: maybe Bell is even that 1A. I think it just depends on how this thing goes. I think the Chiefs truly, and sometimes it is just coach speak, but I think the Chiefs in this particular situation truly see both of these guys as starters. And if, as you look around the league and you look at the Denvers and maybe you look at Cleveland prior to Nick Chubb getting hurt, it really just depends on who has it, like, Sometimes you, you're alternating series and all of a sudden Nick Chubb just happens to rumble down where in four or five carry, you know, you're going to keep him out there. And I think maybe you start to see the similar thing in Kansas City where Clyde has a really good drive or Bell has a really good drive. Guess who's coming out the next drive? It's going to be Bell because I think
0: in a, in a you're starting to ride that hot hand. So I think it'll be 50-50-ish and we'll see how these games go. We'll ask Kent Swanson that question, our offensive uh a guru from arrowheadpride.com. We'll talk to Kent when we come back next.
3: This is Arrowhead Pride Radio presented by the Kansas Lottery, 610 Sports Radio. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make Welcome back to Arrowhead Pride Radio,
0: brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. I'm Jay Binkley with Pete Sweeney, Editor-in-Chief, ArrowheadPride.com, and Chris Lucero producing time to go to the phone line and talk to our offensive guru from ArrowheadPride.com, although he'll talk defense, special teams, he'll talk everything with you. But on this show, we'd like to talk to Kent about offense. What's up, Kent?
4: I will not talk about special teams. I will refuse to talk about special teams. Anything else we can talk about It's fine. My bad. I thought it was Matt Lane for
0: a second. Because <laughs> he will talk about that with me, damn it. Uh, all right. Denver. I know, hey, I know Craig
4: will. Craig will do it. He's oh, Craig will the too. He Craig likes all football. He of kicker
0: analysis for you. He also talked about his smoked fried chicken, which is amazing. I think we were, only the, we were the only chief site that had a full punter breakdown as soon as the move was made, man. Yeah, Tommy Townsend. Yeah. You should. All All right, Kent. What did you see with Denver versus Pat? Because I got some... Some calls on the postgame. Hey, does he still have it? He's got a lot going on. I'm sitting here going, no. Are you guys kidding me? He doesn't have to throw deep. They're finding ways to win without it. He hasn't uncorked the cannon yet, and he will in due time. Let's face it. He's played against some really good defensive minds in the NFL.
4: He's played against some great offensive minds, some teams that have been thinking about trying to stop him for an entire year because they're in his division like Vic Fangio. Um, and I don't think he's played that bad either. You know, I think it's kind of, it's kind of funny to, you know, see this, you know, everybody's kind of freaking out. And the reality is Patrick Mahomes has normalized some of the things that no other people on the planet can do. And it's wild. And we're not getting to see the same kind of stuff that we're used to. And he's not getting to chuck the ball down the field like we're used to. Um, but the man is still, he's still playing at at a, at a high level. He's just playing differently. And, and, you might have to get used to it because teams are helping on trying to take away the things that make Patrick Mahomes so special. So he's having to beat people all their ways. He's having to hand the ball off. I think people just need to calm down just a little bit. I
1: want to ask Ken Swanson, our lead draft and film analyst at arrowheadpride.com each and every week. He does a really good job breaking down the film of Patrick Mahomes. He has this reviewing Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs quiet offensive day in Denver. Ken, it wouldn't have been that quiet if Clyde Edwards II had not dropped that clear touchdown pass. Can you kind of walk us through what happened on that play?
4: So, like, there's another one of those plays that everybody would probably be, you know, freaking out over how cool it was. It's Clyde Edwards II that finishes into the bargain there, but you know, there's just one of those plays in the red zone and. You know, Patrick Mahomes stepped up. He scrambled. He rolled out, and, and Clyde Edwards-Helaire was kind of working with him, And, and Mahomes kind of threw a, bo- a ball behind the ear of a linebacker who wasn't looking at him and was chasing Clyde Edwards-Helaire. And you know, it was right before a safety was closing on it too. It was a really small window. With, you know, it was a really impressive throw and, and a really nice little risk by Mahomes and <laughs> where he dropped it. You know, you know, mm. you know it's going to happen. I think the ball kind of snuck up on him a little bit. I think he might have been a little surprised that Mahomes would have tried that in a situation like that. Um, because you know, you can you can practice with Mahomes, you can prepare all you want, but once you get out on the field, you know, there's some things that will surprise you every now and then. I think he just kind of snuck up on him. Uh, it would have been a really cool play, and I think you know you might remember it in the red zone that drop. It could have been it could have been one of those Mahomes highlights on the season for sure.
0: And the one thing too, Kent, also you know, speaking of throwing to backs, there was one where Pat Mahomes didn't have time to throw it. I mean, the, the Bradley Chubb was on him within a second, and he had to tuck the football. But but in the flat, there was Le'Veon Bell, yeah. you know, wide open. He probably would have liked that extra second or two seconds because that would have been a huge play for Bell, if not a touchdown. Yeah.
4: Le'Veon Bell that you saw this week. That if if it's five weeks from now, it probably goes differently. And I think you know Mahomes and 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 Bell need to get on the same page. And I think Mahomes or Bell specifically just need to get a little bit more comfortable because some of those protections that the Chiefs were running, they they were five man protections with the back out of the backfield, no responsibilities in pass protection. But Denver sent six, and it kind of put you know the protection in in a compromised situation where the ball's got to get out quickly to a guy like Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell wasn't ready all the time. He wasn't always prepared for the ball, um, and then he was late to turn his head, and, and I think if he'd been ready a little bit quicker, but nice game for Le'Veon Bell, giving the Holmes a chance to avoid a big hit um, or at least get a completion out of it instead of the sack. So There was some miscommunications there, and, and give it a little time, and, and they'll be fixed, but there's there's definitely some improvements that can be made in that regard.
0: Kent, what do you uh, think about the split of Le'Veon Bell-Clyde? Because what mean. We- Le'Veon Bell looks smooth, had the two y- two runs over 16 yards. Uh, Pete thinks it'll be a 50-50 split eventually. Had Therese Paler on the Therese Paler Show Monday thinking maybe a 60-40 split uh, between the backs going forward. Um, I'm kind of in between there, 55-45 split. What did you see from Le'Veon Bell and kind of where are you at with percentages that we could see from the Chiefs' utilization of their backs?
4: Well, I mean, Clyde edwards has had, you know, 60 share you know, 60% share before here too. So it's not like, you know, it's not like, you know, he's not kind of, you know, had that already happened to him in some regard. I still think you'll see a fair amount of Le'Veon Bell, but I do think you're going to see Clyde Edwards-O'Leary leading this group um, just because, I mean, he's earned it. I think one thing you kind of got to think about here, um, his career high in carries is 215 in a season. He's only done that once. He did that in 2019 at LSU. He's already got 115 and seven games. So, you know, you don't want to create too big of a gap between what he's done in the past and, and what he's, you know, going to try to do this year. So I think Levy on Bell helps lighten that workload. I think the good news for Kansas City, it really doesn't matter, I think, it, whether it's 60-40, 55-45, 65-35. Look at that math, by the way. How about that? But, um, <laughs> on you know, I, I, the I, fly I don't think too. it matters. You've got a, you've got a really good running back on the field. And that's what you got to see. What I, what I saw of Le'Veon Bell was very impressive. And frankly, outside of that drop, what I saw from Clyde edwards was impressive, too. That touchdown run he finished was, was excellent. It was great stuff. you got to be really excited about what this team has got going on here um, with both the running backs. You, you're guaranteed to have a quality back on the field at all times. And that's what Chiefs fans should be excited about. And don't freak out about the splits and the shares. Frankly, I think Le'Veon Bell might get 40 carries against the Jets just so they can embarrass Greg Williams.
1: Ken, I was just going to ask you about that. We have Bell versus Gase. I know you and the Nerd Squad crew are going to break the game fully down on our Hourhead Pride podcast that posts on Friday. But how about a preview of the preview? What is Bell's final numbers against the Jets?
4: Oh, I think the Chiefs give him, let's call it, 13 carries. He gets 98 yards out of it, Ooh. a touchdown. Three catches, forty-eight yards, and a touchdown. He has a big day, um, and you know, Clyde still gets a little bit of his. But I do think they might. I think they might give Le'Veon Bell a few more carries, and and maybe the split's are not quite what you're you're expected in this game. Just because I think Le'Veon Bell is trying to show up his old team. And frankly, I don't care if they show up Adam Gates. I do care. I kind of want him to run it up on Greg Williams. I think that'd be kind of fun.
0: <laughs> Speaking of local, how many mean mugs for Le'Veon Bell to Adam Gates without. I'm gonna set the over/under at two. Well,
4: something, you know, he's got something cooking. I don't know if it's <laughs> gonna be a mean mug, but if he gets in the end zone, like he might, he might do something stupid, and then, and I'll 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 be here for the pettiness. <laughs> I, I'm all about that pettiness. I Hopefully, hopefully, it's taunting Greg Williams, though, instead. honestly. I think that would be more fun.
0: Well, Kit Swanson does amazing work over at ArrowheadPride.com. I didn't mention it when we let in, but I'll mention it now. He's also part of that draft guide, the best draft guide in the country, in my opinion. He, Craig Stout, Matt Lane, and others put that bad boy together every year. And if you haven't bought the Arrowhead Pride draft guide, you're doing it all wrong because I'll swear the Raiders are doing it. <laughs>
4: My man, I appreciate the plug. Take that Mayock money.
1: See, this is what's the problem here. You, you have, you have the situation where the guys get better and better at this every year. We did already have Mike Mayock that went from NFL Network to the front office. Pretty soon they're going to pluck all my film guys this and bring them F. to the Chiefs you're front right office. office. I know.
0: Kent, you take care, my friend. Keep up the fine work. Arrowheadpride.com. We'll talk to you soon. Kent?
1: <laughs> I think he had a uh, I think he had a rough phone line tonight. Couple 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 drops. Lady ought L-
0: to take that quesadilla.
1: <laughs> I made it. Give that down. <laughs> that. why didn't we talk about that at the beginning of this show? Your There's ca- no reason for it. It is, not- is your quesadilla that you tweeted out today. If you want to go and look at it, twitter. dot com slash three guys in the garage and go to the media section. You can see this quesadilla. That's worse than the Jets. That's a that level of quesadilla is a is a worse case. the Jets myself a football of the kitchen. Team. You are. <laughs> you are got to find yourself a lady that can make yeah. you make you some food, Jay. That's Pretty what bad. you need. Pretty bad. I'm the a Jets. Partner, a life partner that can make you some some food.
0: The Jets of the kitchen. Well, that's Kent Swanson, offense with ArrowheadPride.com. Now it's time to check in. We come back from the break with Craig Stout, who does defense work with ArrowheadPride.com next.
3: This is Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by the Kansas Lottery, 610 Sports Radio. The official broadcast partners of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
0: Welcome back to Arrowhead Pride Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. I'm Jay Binkley with Editor-in-Chief Pete Sweeney and Chris Inocero producing the operation. Don't forget, 913-576-7610. That is our text line, Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer text line. If you have a question for Pete Sweeney in the final segment, that's where we address uh, your questions there. But now it's time to look at the Chiefs defense with none other than the best defensive film analyst in the business, in my opinion. You can check out his fine work over at arrowheadpride.com. He's also part of that uh, draft guide that I mentioned so often with Kent Swanson. Craig, good evening.
2: Hey, good evening, Bank. How we doing today?
0: Hey, we're doing good. Uh Craig wanna start here because we've talked about uh this gentleman for a long time, even going back to the NFL draft. Um Willie Gay and what he could bring the Chiefs. We know that you know the the highest graded pass uh, defender in college football from the linebacker position. Got to show that a little bit. His snap count had been going up against Buffalo. Went back down as five percent. Went up to fifty one percent. Made the first tackle of the game. Fine tackle and had a pass deflected. Uh, Willie Gay. We even started to see more in two linebacker sets instead of the three. So that kind of shows you the trust level with the chiefs is what we saw in denver what we can see going forward or will still revert to that buffalo five percent at times i think it's just really going to depend on the
2: opponent opponents that are going to play those sort of spread out offenses they still don't have enough trust in willie gay jr even those nickel reps that he got at the very very end of the game next to ben neiman there were more just try to get him some experience those were arguably his worst reps of the day. If you go on Arrowhead Pride, our guy, Matty Lane, actually went down a deep dive of the Willie Gay Jr. snaps, and he kind of covered some of those. But when you see him in those base snaps, those are the ones that everybody remembers, that early stop, the couple of pass deflections. You're seeing a player that's growing into that role, that's understanding where he needs to be. And in coverage especially, he looks very good in those hook rolls He's a very long defender, and he's a very explosive defender, can really get up on those vertical jumps. He makes an already small window to throw into, a, an incredibly small window to throw into. So that's a guy that you want patrol in the middle of the field. He's just going to need to get more and more reps in the base until the, the coaching staff can trust him to go into those nickel and dime sets.
1: Talking with Craig Stout, our defensive film analyst at ArrowheadPride.com. Ben, good that we could talk about the best unit on this team for a change here, the defense right now. Ooh. Craig, I want to cast a wide net. We're approaching what would be the trade deadline. Do you want to see the Chiefs make any moves? And I, We don't have to narrow it down to a player, but what position, if so, and, and why?
2: I think with Mike Dana's designation to return this week, that I'd be looking Yeah, that's huge. at in- that's huge i'd be looking hard at interior offensive line maybe some tackle depth especially with mitch schwartz you know who knows when he's going to be back with that back he's just not practicing right now and i'm fine with letting him rest but they don't really have a whole lot on offensive line right now the defensive end position was the next most worrisome spot for me just because it's very thin it lacks a little bit of pass rush juice Mike Dana is going to be able to come in and play a little more base down. Taco Charlton practice today. That kind of, that helps a lot with that rotation. They can keep it healthy and then add Alacoca for in. I really think that it's just offensive line for me right now. If they can go out and find a bad team that's looking to offload maybe a higher price guy or a guy in the last year of his deal, I would make that a priority to go protect Patrick Mahomes.
0: Craig, what have you noticed uh, from the Chiefs' last two games? Because I remember the honey badger saying after the Raiders game, it's time to go back to the lab. Listen, they've lost one game since November 10th of 2019. They don't lose. But he said going back to the lab, accountability, in the defense – has just been night and day difference, in my opinion, these last two games than what we saw in good quarterbacks. You know, I still believe in Drew Locke. I like what Josh Allen was doing. And the Chiefs shut Josh Allen down. They shut Drew Locke down. But what kind of have you noticed since the honey badger said, we went back to the lab? It's communication. And it's just
2: making sure that every single one of those
0: guys is on the
2: same page. In that Raiders game, you were seeing Free running wide receivers, guys were playing man when other guys were playing zone, and it just wasn't good communication. That is just very atypical, especially in this group, like Dan Sorensen said today in his presser, that has now been together for a couple of years, and they kind of know each other really, really well. It was just a bad game from that point of view. You see what happens when they're all on the same page. You see this Buffalo Bills performance that was very stifling in the passing game. You see Drew Locke incredibly uncomfortable and not really wanting to test the waters deep. And that he has been throwing deep all year long. He didn't even really want to try against the Chiefs defense. And then Spagnolo and Daly dialed up some of their more exotic blitzes this week. You got to see a spade blitz that Trivarius Ward came off the edge there completely on block. Steve Spagnolo knows how to scheme that stuff up. We're just going to see that. Sort of ratchet up as the year goes along. You know, you don't need to show it all too early. You're just going to see hints of it as the year goes along. That coverage unit on the back end just needs to keep talking to each other, keep being on the same page, and they'll be fine up front.
1: Once again, the Chiefs' injury report today to start the week. Armani Watts missed with an illness. Mitchell Schwartz back. Sammy Watkins' hamstring all did not practice. Chris Jones actually was limited with a groin issue. Craig, it's the New York Jets. Does Chris Jones need to play in this game if there's any question?
2: No, no, especially not with Colin Farnley's back. I'm fine with giving the young guys a little bit of rest here. And on top of that, speaking of the injury report, the New York Jets currently had three of the five starting offensive linemen that were either limited or did not practice today, and their two best wide receivers did not practice today with a groin injury and a concussion. This already bad New York Jets team is going to be severely depleted this weekend, potentially. If that kind of looks like that's the way it's going to go, tell Chris Jones, listen, man, we get it. You would play in the playoffs. You'd be here if we needed you, but let's take it. Let's take a step back and let's just get right against this New York Jets
1: team. I mean, guys, do we agree? It's just going to be a hundred, hundred to nothing Chiefs.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, sure. They, I mean, they only had uh, what was it, four yards of total <laughs> offense in the second half last week against that that Bills defense that the Chiefs shredded.
0: That's so, tough to do, uh, though, I mean, man. We just, uh, they, they, just, they, they, just they, admit it, Craig. That that that, that is that tough. That is tough to do. Very tough. Yeah, the trade. That's hard. I, I mean, that's impressive. Work here. What do the Chiefs keep him at, less than 20, 50? Where are you putting the Chiefs in the second uh, half? Could be a lot of backups playing by then. No, no, it, it's going to be a
2: soft dime at the end of that game because the Chiefs are going to be up so big that, that Sam Darnold will just be able to check down for for yardage underneath.
0: Yeah, and the Bills just weren't up that much. It was 18-10, to 10, so I expect a completely different score. But yes, four yards uh, in the second half, which is incredibly, incredibly Craig, tough to do. Craig nailed it on the head, though. The interesting thing about this game is not only is it
1: super lopsided, 14 players on the injury report. You've got to think no. that some of those guys will be questionable. A handful of them will be out. But uh, let me ask you this. Does it matter?
2: No. No, <laughs> of course it doesn't matter. I, I it's mean, this
4: team is
2: fairly devoid of talent, and I hate to be that cocky about it because you should never be that cocky in the NFL, but this Chiefs team <laughs> – if they're playing well, especially on defense, there's very little that the New York Jets are going to be able to do. There's just not enough firepower on that side of the ball, and they've removed their two arguably best players in Le'Veon Bell and Jamal Adams this year. They've moved on from those guys, so they are actively trying to get as many picks as possible. The tank is on, and so, I mean, that's why Adam Gase is here, so I just don't expect that they're going to be putting up much of a fight one way or another, but if they're that depleted due to injuries, it's just
0: even more lopsided. Let's not forget the Jets took Jamal Adams that same year that Patrick Mahomes was available. Let's never forget that. Craig, always good talking to you. You can check out Craig's fine work at arrowheadpride.com and also his film breakdowns at Barleyhop on Twitter. It's, a, it's a, He does amazing stuff looking at uh, the Kansas City Chiefs defense and different snaps. Thanks a lot, Craig. Thanks, guys. There you go. Your chance to ask Pete Sweeney a question at in chief arrowheadpride.com. 913-576-7610 is the text number. We'll do that and take a look at the J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets.
3: Next. <laughs> this is Arrowhead Pride Radio presented by the Kansas Lottery. 610 Sports Radio.
0: Welcome back. Final segment of Arrowhead Pride Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Jay Binkley with Editor-in-Chief, ArrowheadPride.com. Pete Sweeney, we heard from offensive guru Ken Swanson. We heard defensive film analyst Craig Stout, as we always do. Play the hits. Each and every week. And I got Matt Lane from ArrowheadPride.com actually coming up at Bank at Night, which starts at 7. Different show, but uh, same theme. Same believe, vibe. Right? Same vibe. Same vibe going. Keep That's the great. vibes flowing. Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets. 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 As I mentioned, they took Jamal Adams sixth in that year that Mahomes. Everybody wants to talk about the Bears. Everybody wants to talk about all these teams screwing up and not getting Mahomes. The Jets could have had him. They picked Jamal Adams who's not even there anymore. Are are
1: you saying what I think you're saying? You 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 think we're gonna get the counting to six on the fingers tonight? (laughs) We could see the on count to six from Mahomes. One, two, three, four, five, six. The they can't with Watson, that, too.
0: I mean, come on. I know they got Darnold the year after, but is hot garbage.
1: Chicago's a bigger problem than that, though, because the Bears still have Trubisky, and they're going with Nick Foles, who is this high-variance quarterback who's good sometimes and bad on others, and clearly the other night we got a bad version of Nick Foles. The thing with the Jets is Jamal Adams was a decent player. I mean, yeah, you'd rather Mahomes. That's obvious. But Jamal Adams is great, but you got rid of him. You had to get rid of him because you were, he was so unhappy. And so, yeah, it's, it's,
0: it's doubled down almost. And it's amazing, too, when you think about court. Like, what would Mahomes have been like with that disaster in New York? Would he have turned it around or not? I mean, with the legend of would he have an MVP? He wouldn't have a Super Bowl MVP at this point. He could, I guess, still have an MVP, but See, there's just not I,
1: a lot of talent around him. I think that no matter what, mahomes would have been a solid quarterback and top 15 maybe top 10 anywhere he would not be God, so lucky the greatest quarterback the to begin his career in history without andy Reid. he wouldn't <sighs> that's reality i i know that that probably is a little hot takey but these guys needed each other bad i think it's why that you've seen andy Reid. After 20 years of doing this, he signed up for five more years. I think the reported contract was 2025 because Patrick Mahomes is so young and so good, and he's been waiting for a player of this talent for two decades. So he'll sign up for a third decade. Well, there's
0: always this thing. Everybody's always looking for the next quarterback, and they're willing to move fast, like Josh Rosen, Dwayne Haskins. Looks like they're moving fast on that one. They're probably going to move fast on Sam Narnold with the Jets. Everybody's looking for that. But it takes that coach as well. That's a great point. It takes that head coach with that quarterback, so you can bring in whatever quarterback you want, like Tom Brady. Would if he had gone to Cleveland, Belichick's in New England? Would we still? And I know Belichick's a defensive mind, but we still have heard the legend of Tom Brady. Uh, that's a good question. And here's the thing with the Jets: they do have Greg Williams, the former. Uh, uh, he's been a former head coach, former Belton High School head coach uh, here in the area. He's been around, of course. Uh, the uh, the uh, turmoil he was in with mm-hmm. New Orleans. Yeah. Um, but also he's from Excelsior Springs around the area. He's had uh, some teams this year thinking he, he's a dirty coach, and that's the thing with Mahomes. You can surely he wouldn't take him out since he is the well, since his hometown is in this town. I think so many people are watching now that
1: it man, he they would get on him if if he intentionally injured someone like Patrick Mahomes, who not only is great for the chiefs but really just good for the league. That would be an ugly decision by him. i i, I don't I don't think that'll happen. I think the big the big matchup this weekend for me is, is Gates. That's the most interesting thing about this game, and I, I know the Chiefs aren't in love with talking about that type of storyline, but man, that is going to be something to,
0: to behold. All right, let's go to the text line 913 576 7610. Your question's for Pete. Mm. Uh, did Bink order in some food that said No, the it was crap, okay? Almost burnt the place we, down. I, did, I went out and got food because it's. We something. have a company kitchen here. Yeah, Bink it was, it was frequents bad. the company yeah.
1: kitchen, likes bang energy yeah. drinks. Yeah. And what Love is it? What do you got in that bag? A tuna sandwich? An old tuna no, sandwich? I don't
0: anything, Pete. But anyway, that's a good question by you. Obviously, I put up on Twitter. Um, it hasn't made Arrowhead Pride yet, but uh, Pete's dad saw it because I got a text from Pete's dad, <laughs> so I know it's making the Arrowhead Pride circuit. There you go. Uh, any chance from the 785, any chance they make him run at Gilmore in New England? Yeah, I, I think...
1: With Brett Feach, I, I I know a little bit of a cop out answer. I'm I'm always saying never say never. Ben's form, the player of the year last year, former first or, or second rounder, and, and whenever these talents become available, I mean I I always think about the moment when he said the thing about Sammy Watkins. Just like Sammy Watkins and players like him don't come available often, which is why the first call they he had a fight
0: last year. The
1: first call he tried to make was to watkins and his representation and i believe it was with the rams or it might have been the bills or but anyway he tried to acquire watkins right away anthony hitchens another guy just because he goes after the talent he likes now i think it's just going to be too expensive and he hasn't necessarily prioritized that position Billichick's not biting on
0: those rumors he's not you wouldn't expect that
1: i i just think it would be so expensive from a from a draft pick standpoint, I think you need a lot of positions right now. If you're the Kansas City Chiefs, especially because you've dealt out these contracts, I just think draft pick wise be too expensive for me.
0: No, I'm with you. From the seven eight five, Pete says serious question. So try to be serious here for a second. Okay, should we make a trade for pass rusher or DB? Obviously, Gilmore, you just talked about that to help strengthen our defense. No, I think
1: I think Craig hit it, man. I, I think as the Chiefs get healthier, Taco Charlton and, and Dana has, has shown that they're good enough. I mean. Chris Jones and Frank Clark, when they're healthy, give you a good defensive line. I know, no Jones is on the inside there, but I don't think you need to. And you and you save those picks for the future. The Chiefs have a lot of these contracts now. They're going to need this young talent to be good. Hitting on the draft is going
0: to be key these next couple of years. Well, the Jets aren't really moving that needle much on the text line. My quesadilla is, by the way, more questions. The quesadilla about
1: that. is is just incredible to behold. That's something you got to check out if you haven't yet. I, it's again, tough to do. someone
0: again, asked me what flavor of bang I drink. Uh, What's this one here? This is Starblast, bang. It's a,
1: Here's the one right here. When will Willie Gay become a full-blown starter? Good I, one, finally. We've seen him now approach, what, 50% of the snaps? Well, with,
0: except he was 5% in Buffalo. He had been creeping up about 50% in But it was a different style
1: of game because the Chiefs it were in base a bit more.
0: Um I got to think at
1: least by the 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 last quadrant of the year, so maybe the last four games, I think he's starting. He well, do you has...
0: remember having the conversation with me before the season started? And I said that I expect to see Willie Gay. I had said after week four or five. I said, well, give him to there. You're not going to hear Willie Gay's name much until after week four or five. And I will say this, he looked great in coverage. And I think the Chiefs finally have that coverage linebacker that they've been looking for. Let's be honest with, with ourselves. Willie Gay, I think, had a great football game. They went kind of unnoticed in that game. You call it unsung or whatever. You and I like to do the uh well, I think I like it more, but the unsung player of the game. But I'd put Willie Gay there for what he did in Denver.
1: Yeah. I, I'm I'm with you on Gay, and it was good to see him make some strides. I'm going to talk to Matt Lane about that. Another person asked on the nine one three: When will Lajarius Sneed be eligible to return? The injured reserve you can put as many people as you want, so it's after three weeks. His injury is probably around six or six to eight weeks. I think we'll begin asking that question when the Chiefs get back from the bye. That's when I, I think we get into that
0: territory of that clavicle surgery. Usually, it's six to eight weeks. And, so and that, the clavicle is—we talk about the back. The clavicle, that just. It, the bad part was he was having a great season it happened on a pass deflected right like Willie had made a great play defensively when it happened and I know people want to see him get back but let's face it the secondary right now in the NFL it's fourth right now it was third they were one of three teams giving up less than 200 yards passing yeah but as I've said that pass rush goes hand in hand with a good secondary but this secondary is only given up 211 yards a game you're gonna They are really going to want steed back you're going to want Snead back for when you when you play antonio brown though it'll be addition by subtraction antonio brown ends up with the buccaneers um will he be on the team still bruce <laughs> arians didn't want him but i told Cody gold, I told alex gold on the show i say hey, you watch it i don't think belichick brought in antonio brown i think it was tom brady yeah. and tom brady clearly it showed who runs that organization him not bruce arians but We need to start looking at a big picture. We've looked at the AFC and who's that next contender and challenger. It might be time to start looking at the NFC as well for the Super Bowl if the Chiefs get there, which I believe they will, and I think you do too. Well, I think— But the Buccaneers with Brown.
1: Until the Steelers have a loss, it's hard to look past the AFC for me. I I agree with you. I think the Chiefs are a better team when it comes down to it against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but they're rolling, man. They were able to get that win. I know— it was a Kaskowski miss with against the Titans at the last second. But a lot of they have a loss, eight one six. Would it be a good week to just go for the two point conversion? Why that's, not? That's a
0: good one. Here's the thing. Two-point conversions are up, but not only that, so is the success at no, 50%. Not, I know Harrison if we get the Bunker, enemy tomorrow, I'm not going to ask him about it. Harrison Bucker, by the way, drills field goals. Drills them. But he's missed an extra point in five games. has that affected the Chiefs yet. we are going to concerned? To,
1: we're going to talk to Tope tomorrow, okay. so that'll certainly be a, a point of conversation. I will say this. Bink, do you know what seven two-point conversions equal? That's another touchdown, baby. Why not? Go for it. That's right. I won't
0: mind it. I love two-point conversions. Seven. I absolutely love it energy drinks by the time, time you get to 49 cheeseburger you get to 56 that's how that'll work there you go pete let's go for Look at two. That math they're two for two this year on, two, uh, no. a lot of math in it on conversions good job well you've been listening to arrowhead pride radio huge thanks to Kent swanson on offense on craig stout on defense and thanks to you as always pete the editor-in-chief arrowheadpride.com go to the website check out their fantastic work thanks pete no more quesadillas thanks chris